Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. It's time for the Neverland Podcast, episode number 32. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And now, please welcome your host for the podcast. He's the pen. I got pen sword on the pen now. Actually, I got his microphone. He's grown up. You promise never to grow old. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. His nose got real big. Well, who wants to back to the man? And now. Your host, Jeremy. Welcome back to Neverland. We have a smorgasbord of different things to share today. My goodness. Uh, it's just an assortment. Uh, we've got everything from uh, a review of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes to our usual Neverland news with Lost Boy Phil. Uh, also, I've got some fun audio I'm going to share with you today. I took a, well, it's, I can't really call it a trip, I suppose, because it's only about what, 10 minutes away from me, but a local theme park called Worlds of Fun, owned by Cedar Fair, who many of you might know are the also the owners of Knott's Berry Farm uh, out on the coasts. Uh, I went into their park to experience their new ride called Steelhawk for the year, which, you know, there's some funny stories about that and everything, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but lots of fun planned today, uh, but I'll go ahead and get everything, you know, all the detailed things out of the way. Uh, remember to visit our website at neverlandpodcast.com and go and check out our sponsors uh, right now I've got a sponsorship with Roku uh, you can go and you can buy this audio streaming device directly through their website and it does help out the show to keep me going and also my friend uh, Deanna has her website it's a Dido uh, she does a lot of graphic art and she actually helped if you look at the logo that you're going to see actually right there on your podcast player uh, she did the lettering for me she's also capable of doing much more than that uh, but the artwork I had, you know, Lost Boy Phil actually did the drawing of me. Uh, I added the lightning to it and everything. But yes, she does some graphic art, so go and visit her site as well. 
Also, if you'd like to get a hold of me, I have some very fascinating and wonderful news. And that is the fact that we finally have a voicemail set up. Yes, our phone number here at Neverland is 816-226-6492. You can find that at NeverlandPodcast.com. It's over on the top thing on the left, along with a link to email us. The Army email address, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Drop me a line, leave a voicemail, uh, send some email. You can also follow us on Twitter, never, at NeverlandPCast, sharing all kinds of fun things. We have been doing our daily Disney Marvel character on there, as well as sharing that same information on our Facebook page, which, of course, is Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. We love when you follow and interact with us, so feel free to do so. Share things you would love to see or hear on the show, rather. <laughs> things from your childhood that you really loved. Television, toys, movies, games, whatever. You know, we love talking about everything. This here in Neverland, this is our dreamland. This is where our dreams kind of come true on, in their own simple way. And we remember what it's like to be young at heart, and we just enjoy it. And so, now that we are all together and we are having our fun here at Neverland, I hope you brought your pixie with you, uh, because we're going to need to borrow some pixie dust from that, pic- that pixie. So get your happy thoughts, sprinkle some of that dust, share some of that dust with your neighbors, and bring them all together. Let's fly off here to Neverland with some Neverland news. All right, so now here we are with Lost Boy Phil, which must mean it's time for Neverland News again. Woo-hoo! Okay, now we got some fun stuff this week. Oh, I, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, okay, so first off, Guardians of the Galaxy had a successful preview. They had that, like a 17-minute preview at select IMAX screens. Uh, I, I looked for this, yeah, and there wasn't any openings. There wasn't any opening, so I don't know if they even screened it in Kansas City. I hope they did, but I, I, I you know, when I went to the website, I mentioned it. I didn't see anything, but boy, I tell you what, people were all over Twitter saying, "Guess where I am? Guardians of the Galaxy! Yeah, we get to watch 17 minutes." The general consensus, everybody's been saying it's hilarious. Well, it looks good, and I, I saw at, uh, at some stores earlier. There's toys and things everywhere of them right now. Oh, cool. And uh, they're even on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. They have uh, Chris Pratt on the cover, and they've got like a little baby raccoon sitting on his shoulder. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I think it's very, uh, very good that they're bringing kind of a low-string characters uh, group yeah. to the big screen. So I'm hoping this will lead to a lot of other uh, low characters into big movies. Yeah, and uh, eventually on the, the Facebook page, you'll be seeing some of them lower characters. Right now, I've been posting all the. Hopefully, all of them have been watching, listening, or seeing this on our Facebook and Twitter stream. I've been sharing. Marvel characters as they were from uh, 1992. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He- here's something that I just found out about today. Okay, so Guillermo del Toro, uh, he took some time to answer some questions on Reddit. He just got on there and says, hey, uh, ask me whatever you want and I'll answer it here. And it's kind of like a bis- I've never really gotten on Reddit, but it's like this open forum when I, when I was reading this. Uh, and of course, there was a Disney fan in there who had to ask about the Haunted Mansion movie he said he was going to do. Yeah. So I've got a pretty long quote from him it's been here. a long time we've been hearing about this. Now, I can't really impersonate him. He's got an awesome accent. He's I forgot where he's from in South America, but he's got a great accent. He's fun I to like listen him. to. I like him. Uh, lots of good creepy stuff he does, mm-hmm. too. My goodness. So this is... Um, anyways, but let me get to his quote because I can otherwise tell you just... Yes, I'm excited about the idea. But anyways, he said... Well, I spent two weeks ago, I went to Disneyland with the executives with whom I am developing the screenplay. It's a hard screenplay to crack. We've done it a few times. We are on our third or fourth draft with two different writing teams. And I think the main thing is to try to combine everything that is great about the ride into the movie and make it really intense but with a sense of fun, just like the ride. That's right. It's a tough balance, and I would be happy to report if we had a screenplay. 
We always feel like we are very close, but not yet. We have developed 50 to 60 pieces of art. We've developed maquettes of the Hatbox Ghost over the body and face of Doug Jones. I have no idea who that is. Uh, but we have not succeeded yet in cracking the screenplay. I have to believe that Disney will make this movie as soon as we crack the screenplay, but until then, we cannot tackle it. It is a movie I would love to direct, but I would be happy to just produce it if the timing is not right. I, by the way, was named Guest for the Day for the Haunted Mansion the last time I did, which gave me unlimited access to ride the mansion several times during the day, lucky dude. No doubt. Unfortunately, it was just the moment my left knee decided to bust and I had to go back home with a busted knee. <laughs> Poor guy. But it sounds like, you know, he it's, it's still, you know, it hasn't been thrown away. They're Good. still wanting to do it. Uh, but I guess it's going to take some time because they're, they're just not happy with the screenplay. Yeah, but it's been at least five years. It's been a long time. Yeah, because I know my father knew about it. He's been gone for more than four. So I, he knew about it. He was looking forward yeah, to it. To try it again because the other one is, uh, well, it's kind of fun. The, what, the other one? <laughs> the, the Eddie Murphy one. It's Well, it, it was, uh, a little, uh, I think they, they weren't balanced enough. They went so far on the silly. Yeah, that it, it there's only a few parts that are really laugh out loud that was funny. Yeah, but and you know what I mean. It, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't quite grasp it's it very well. It's not a horrible well. film. It's not terrible, it, but it, it could have been so much yeah. better. It, well, it's, much, it's got a Man of Steel feeling about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're almost there, but yeah, some, not, quite. not quite there. Yeah. So we're very excited about how he ever gets, but it's nice to know he's still doing something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but speaking of things we're going to have to wait for. I wish we could see um, all that art that they're drawing. Yeah, I'd love to be able to take a look yeah. at some of this stuff, because Guillermo's a pretty good artist himself, yeah. and he loves to yeah, design characters and things. Great. So I'd love to see what he's done. Okay, uh, but Amazing Spider-Man 3 has been delayed already, and now Roberto Orki is off the project. Okay, now he wrote the second yeah. one. Uh, and that's that's had some mixed reactions of the second yeah. one. So yeah. I, I still liked it, but it wasn't as good as the first one. Uh, but we had a nice mixed review even when we had it on the podcast. So you know it's been it's it's been kind of not living up to expectations. So really, I am not fussed about the guy who wrote that one being off the project yeah. for the third one. A little too quirky, corny, and and, and cheesy and all that. It, he tried too hard. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, the difference between the first one and that one were night and day as far as the tone. I think that was a big mistake, just for me. I, I didn't dislike it, but I was disappointed. Yeah, and there, there's too much of trying to make sympathetic villains. I've now, noticed that. Electro was an interesting character in there. Yeah. But if they'd have maybe just let him be evil, kind of like Maleficent, if they'd have let her be evil, then those there's two movies that could have actually been better. Yeah, I, I <laughs> honestly, that kind of turns me off. And yeah, I, it's I, like, I like a good evil villain. Scare me with that bad guy, you know? You know, Khan, on the other hand... Uh, you can understand where he was coming from, thinking he was right. Talking about the Star Trek, yeah, the into, dar- into darkness. Yeah. Right? But yeah, he, at the end, he or, still was evil. Or you mean in Rathacon? Because yeah, you Both, still, you could yeah. see where he was coming from in Rathacon yeah. too. But he was still just nasty. Yeah, he's just vicious, arrogant, thinking yeah. he thinks he's a god. Uh, okay, now we have to. <laughs> here's some sad news. Uh, but Dave, I think his name you pronounce it Legano. It's been a while since I've watched the special features on. Uh, I think Half Blood Prince they had him on there. Oh yeah. But Dave Legano, who played Fenrir Greyback in those last oh, three yeah. Harry Potter movies, uh, this is so sad. He was just found had been dead for three days. He was out hiking around Death Valley, 
and uh, he was, was found by a couple of hikers. Uh, you know, not sure. You know, I, I haven't you know explored if they've decided if they're going to release. You know, did he just did he get dehydrated? I mean, I would think he probably had enough water with him. Uh, he was 50. He should have been in good shape. He had been an MMA fighter. Yeah. So I mean, it's just shocking to just you know for him to turn up tough dead. Tough guy. Yeah, and he was so nice though too when I saw him on the special features. Uh, he played guitar and he was singing songs with some of the other cast members. Uh, on the Half Blood Prince, and just seemed like he was a really cool guy. So it's very sad. Yeah, that is so, sad. He wasn't like a big name actor, but you know, it's it's still sad. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, all right. So if any if anyone is planning to hit Comic Con this year, and what is it? I think it's like the last weekend in July. It's like the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, something like that. Um, well, I know July twenty sixth, but Marvel has went went ahead and released their, that they are planning to have Hall H, uh, July twenty sixth from five thirty or, or starting at five thirty or six thirty. Uh, or specific time, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. I guess, okay, I guess they've set it for an hour. 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. I know, I just sound like a professional, don't I? <laughs> uh, but from 5.30 to 6.30, where Marvel Studios president and producer Kevin Feige, with special guests, is going to provide an inside look at the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, they've already talked about that they've planned out for the next, like, what, five years or yeah, more? Yeah, or more, yeah. So I, I wonder if they're going to lay out, like, everything and tell you all I can't help but imagine, like, you see on these TV shows or movies where... Uh, you go into a, an apartment or whatever of a psycho killer and you see all these pictures connected to other pictures to other pictures. I can only imagine there's a room somewhere that yeah. has, you know, Iron Man connected to the Incredible Hulk movie, connected to the Avengers, connected to whatever. I can imagine there's movies that spread out everywhere. The S.H.I.E.L.D. show. The, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, I bet they do have it all, all mapped. They probably do. You know what would be interesting? Now, it would almost seem risky now because they've managed to get so much popularity for Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and everything. It might almost be a risk, but I wonder if after like Avengers three, because they've planned at least three, you know, they they could always be bringing new characters to light and new movies and get people excited about new characters. There's a lot of the other characters that have been part of the Avengers, so maybe by Avengers four, you have a whole new team. Well, it wouldn't be the you know, there's there's a in the comic books. I used to read Avengers a lot, uh -huh. and one thing I always liked was every three to four to five years, because back then you'd get writers and artists to stay with you longer. Yeah, they would change, and and they would even open up like the uh, the Avengers West Coast. Yeah, where on the East Coast you had Iron Man, on West Coast you had War Machine, and uh, but the truth is, is where they they could always keep a couple of them. They almost always had Captain America and Iron Man involved, uh, or. Uh, or who's the other one? Uh, Thor. They'd have them usually involved, but yeah, they would change in and out, and it would it made it more fresh and interesting. Yeah. So I'm hoping maybe they can you know just keep this going and not lose steam. Yeah. So I figured nice. new characters, brand new team of Avengers. I mean, heck, they're introducing Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. They can be Avengers. And uh, we now know, of course, on Netflix they're going to have several TV shows. You can always later on bring in Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Yes. Whatever. Yes, it'd be awesome to have them as. I don't know if Daredevil's ever been an Avenger. I don't think. He I don't has. know that he has. They could sneak him in though, maybe. Yeah, he'd be kind of cool. But if nothing else, I'd like to see a movie with the Iron Fist and the uh, Luke Cage together yeah. as uh, Heroes for Hire. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, I lost my place. Oh no, this is cool. All right, Stitch has been officially announced for Disney Infinity Two. Not really a big surprise. They'd already teased him in some of the trailers and showed him, but they've. Uh, I haven't gotten to see a picture of the figure. But it was funny on their Twitter page and stuff. They were saying some someone fuzzy is coming to our Ohana and stuff like that. So uh -huh. I'm like, yeah, it's Stitch. Uh, but also, I saw a, a brief thing that uh, after Guardians of the Galaxy, now I'd, I would love to see a playset of this. 
But they they have announced Star Lord and Gamora. Oh yeah. Now Gamora, I I think is, is she green. the assassin? Yeah, she's green. She's uh, I believe the actress from Star Trek. Uh, she was in. Um yeah, I think she was uh, Uhura. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, if you can't just do Guardians of the Galaxy and just have those two. So no. what if they do a whole set of everybody that'd and maybe great. an entire play set? Yeah, that'd be great. Now, you could probably put Rocket and uh, Groot together because mm-hmm. Rocket's a little guy and Groot, you know, they're kind of a combo. So you have at least four characters because you throw in uh, uh, the other dude, Drax, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get more familiar. <laughs> yeah, Batista. You throw them all in there. I mean, that's that sounds fun to me. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to buy the thing regardless, you know. Yeah. Oh, I know you will. Let's oh, of course I will. Got to get them all. I will I'll spend it. my entire, you know, all my money on know. this set because they're, it's just too much fun to have They're Pokemoning you. They are. They're Pokemoning. They've poked my mom all over the place. That sounds awful. Okay. <laughs> PG. Okay. All right. Now, this was interesting. I, I don't know if you got a chance to see this yet, but Batgirl's got a new costume, and they're going to debut it in October. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and it's a lot more practical looking. It's kind of like a kind of a leather vest uh, type of thing, and it looks like they're, DC is starting to go with the trend of no spandex, because like with the new 52, yeah. they're trying to texture things a little bit, which is which is okay. Some, so, some is a little too much, but some you know. is all right. Well, and I've seen some people that are really happy, but what they seem to be happy about is they're not... Uh, they're not looking uh, as I'm calling it a female character who doesn't look look like a teenage fantasy. Yeah, and getting rid of the spandex. And, yeah. like, and so they're like, "Oh, look, they're having female characters that look more like a, a female role model or whatever." I was like, "Well, that's all fine and good, but um, you know, the men are still in skin tight outfits and running around with hulking muscles and look yeah. ridiculous, and nowhere that a guy like me is ever going to live up to." So let's balance things. If that's if that's your argument for doing it, then uh, balance your argument. But to me, I just think it looks cool, and I think with the new Fifty Two, you I don't know, you haven't been paying attention really either. No. But uh, I think Barbara Gordon is supposed to be back. Yeah, she is. They changed a lot. I'm not a big fan of the new Fifty Two. I love DCs, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've kind of lost me, and they just there's kind of too many changes, I guess. You know, I'm an old school guy. I don't admit it. I like a lot of the art they've done for it, but you know. Yeah, and at least Batman has stayed almost kind of consistent. Yeah, so there's I have a few changes some of that. I haven't liked. Uh, Superman's pretty much. Honestly, I don't see much of a difference between Superman now on the new 52, Superman and Superboy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there maybe a couple years They difference. seem to have taken 20 years off his age or something. Yeah, yeah. well, they say he's like probably, probably somewhere around 23, or where he used to, he was always 32. Yeah. And there is a big difference in that age. <laughs> there is a big difference. If you're young and you think there isn't, that just shows you're young you don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen it yet. Oh, something else. This is cool. I have uh, I've already talked about this on the show before, but I saw the first trailer for the Ghostbusters 30th anniversary re-release coming Yay. around Labor Day. Cool, fantastic! <laughs> and this, of course, is uh, is just going up with uh, you know the Blu-ray of both movies coming out, yeah. which I gotta get. Oh, I know of you course, do. I already have the DVDs, but you know it's a Blu-ray set. It's gonna have more special features. Maybe it'll even have Dan Aykroyd telling all that he actually believes this stuff. Oh, I know he does. Oh my goodness, I, he's I a good guy. He's just so off his nut, but that's okay. He's your own. He's, you know. but it, it just shows that he is thinking about it because yeah. the more I've actually played the uh, the video game, because I still play that one they released like in two thousand. I want to get a copy. I do. I'll have to get you one for your birthday. Hey, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, but uh, especially, well, I don't think they have the online play going on anymore. It'd be fun if we could still play online if I got a PS3 version of it. But anyway, I digress. But um, when you when you get into like the details from playing the game, you kind of get the idea because the the theory of paranormal and ghosts and everything is that they're they're made out of like electricity, yeah, yeah. which would be like electrons. And so the idea that that's a proton pack and they're showing like a protonic stream makes sense because the protons would attract. 
electrons, yeah. and therefore if it's there electric, you would be able to catch it. Yeah. So it actually starts to make sense yeah. when you start to get into what these people think and how they. they I'm still tempted to stuff. go out and buy all the old cartoons that they have for, on DVD. I like Real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd love to have it. But it's interesting the way it's like you know it, it is. I can appreciate the way it's well thought out for as goofy and as much fun and as fantasy as it is. It is at least well thought out. Well, it's just like with Star Trek. You know, it's all fantasy, but they do have certain uh, scientific uh, facts in it. Kind of like yeah. a Hulk, Hulk, Incredible Hulk, you know, with gamma rays. Gamma yeah. rays are real, but, of course, it wouldn't uh, turn wouldn't out turn to... Wouldn't turn you green. No, like it wouldn't that. turn you green, and it wouldn't make you a great big hulking hero. It w- <laughs> Boy, I wish it would, though. That'd be the easy way to become yeah. a superhero, wouldn't and it? If you had a radioactive... <laughs> spider bite so you would die yeah but it would be great to, to think actually it. the radiation would have killed the spider and it would not have had a chance to bite you and even if it did the radiation is not going to pass because you were bit by yeah, it yeah but that's okay these are comic books this is the only thing I have to say about people who, who want comic books to become more and more serious you have to remember these are fantasies yes they're, they're fantasy you, you can't get too realistic it's right don't, don't bring the realism in have fun with it yeah Okay. Uh, oh, Somewhere hey. in between uh, Batman and Robin and some of the newer films. <laughs> yeah. All right. So July 23rd, by the way, uh, there's going to be a free Batman comic released. Uh, just check with your local comic book store, see if they're participating. Uh, I didn't really dig into too many uh, bits on this. and everything. There, there was a writer mentioned, and I forgot his name. Uh, but, hey, I just want to let everybody know, July 23rd, free Batman comic. It'll be uh, actually Detective Comics. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's free, so go go check it out. Okay, I think I showed you this website one, but HomestarRunner.com uh-huh. yeah. uh, has not been updated for about two, three years or something like that. They did all these great little cartoons, yeah. flash animation. Uh, were very famous for what was known as Strong Bad Email. Strong Bad, yeah. They're coming back. They're going to finally Good. update that website. And so I don't know if that just means to focus on Strong Bad Emails, but I guess this has been stemming around like they had an April Fool's kind of joke that they put up that was actually something new. Which I found on YouTube. I couldn't find it on the website. But it was kind of an indicator that they are coming back. All right. Now, here's something that's going to be right up your alley, being a DC fan. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Raymond, Uh known to the DC Universe as Firestorm, will be in the upcoming Flash series. Cool. He's going to be played by a fellow by the name of Robbie Amell, or Amell. I'm not sure how you say his name. I know that's the newer newer, uh, one, and I always liked that character, but they they changed him a few years back, and I like the original just because I'm old school, but I (laughs) like him too. I like the newer one too. Didn't one of the Firestorms get killed a few years ago? That was the original. Okay. And so they got a new guy. Now, you would think on a TV series they'd maybe start with the uh, original. Probably that you would think so, but. Because in the newer one is an African American, they're probably going to go with him just because you know there's not. Mm. Unfortunately, well, a lot of these comic book. The picture they showed of this, the Robbie Amell, he's a white guy though. So oh, that might be the original. I can't. I can't remember his original name. Ronnie so Raymond. I, I wouldn't know. But I, I recognized so the character when I saw the drawing of Firestorm. It's been I was like, so oh, long. That guy. I don't remember the name of the the uh, of him or the guy who took his place. But I can understand if they if they would have made him the, the black one. I can understand yeah. because you know, unfortunately, the old comic book characters weren't a whole lot of yeah. African American characters or Hispanic or anything. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, this was kind of cool. Although the buzz for it, I think, was bigger than the actual event. Yeah. But okay, so everyone was buzzing this week about a short Rita Skeeter article that appeared on Pottermore.com, which of course was being was written by Rita Skeeter's creator J.K. Rowling. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really short. It was just like a like a newspaper article, uh, but it did feature uh, some like well known characters from like the, they were referred to as old Dumbledore's army people showing up at the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, pretty much, I guess she's kind of tying in like the Quidditch World Cup and like the. Uh, football or soccer, whatever you want to call it, World Cup going on right now, so that's a fun tie-in. But also, she's actually got a, a group she's she's big on, because uh, I guess in Britain, their their press is just pretty much a tabloid. Yeah. And all they do is, apparently, is just trash on people a lot, and it's really huh. awful. I've heard complaints like this before, but she was kind of making a poke at them. Yeah. I guess she was really kind of mad. Even on her Twitter feeds, there was a thing where she was really upset with some stuff and asking people to join the cause and everything. So, you know, it seems like she was kind of tying it all together. It was an interesting thing. It was fun to see something new kind of pop up. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, every article, everywhere that was popping up on sharing on Facebook was like, she's written a new short story and whatever, and making it sound like this was something about to go publish. But, no, it was a short article you could read in about two minutes, <laughs> and it was only exclusively on Pottermore, the website, which you had to be a member of, which I am, so I did get to read it, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Harry Potter, okay, so July 8th was, what, Tuesday? But, okay, Diagon Alley opened oh, on yeah, July 8th, yeah. and as expected, it was massive. There was tons of people. I kept seeing pictures all day where people were just lined up, having to wait like six or seven hours just to get into an area. And I figure after that, if you even wanted to ride the ride in there of the Escape from Gringotts, that's going to be another probably four yeah. hours. So it was a huge mess, and I'm kind of I'm kind of glad they're successful. But at the same time, I could see the logic in over at Walt Disney World is doing Frozen, and they're doing this thing called the Frozen Summer, which they just kind of put together over the last couple of months because well, they knew they needed to compete. Yeah, it makes sense they would do Frozen. Yeah, yeah. because they're competing with across the, st- yeah. across the street with Harry Potter. Now, of course, Frozen doesn't compare with Harry Potter as far as cultural significance at this point. But you know, if I was to choose, and and if, if I lived there. I would not want to go to Harry Potter on the day they opened something new. I would probably have gone to Walt Disney World because you could have actually done the activities. They have like an ice rink they managed to set up so you can go oh, ice skating. And they have a, a special fireworks and a sing-along for all the songs. So really you would get more for your money have you gone to Walt Disney World and done their Frozen activities. Well, i tell you what. I got to go to the Universal. Uh, I, I'm a big feller. So I couldn't, always, I couldn't really go on the Harry Potter ride itself. I, I did enjoy looking at all the stuff they had, but yeah. but uh, you know I'd have to lose a lot of weight. And to be honest with you, it's not all weight. Some of it is, but some of it is also that I was I would have been too tall. And I thought, you know, there's more than just me in this world that's big and tall, and yeah. uh, all at the same time. But um, I will say I had fun at all the parks. I went, to, I got to go to all the parks, Universal and Disney. The great thing is, for Disney's sake, you know, the Island of Adventure that has the Harry Potter stuff it also has Marvel stuff, so yeah. <laughs> Disney makes money off of Universal having... <laughs> He's like, oh, look, you're licensing our characters. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of fun. But it would be more fun if the Disney got to make some Marvel yeah. stuff over in yeah. Florida. Of course, they're working on some stuff in Disneyland, and, uh, you know, Tokyo, I believe, is getting that Iron Man ride, which... Come on! Tokyo, I'm I sure, loves wish, them, but we love them here, too. I wish Six Flags would step it up instead of being a World of Fun or a, a low... Uh, you know, money yeah. park. It'd be more a big money park, like because they Universal. got that DC license. They got DC, and I would love to see more than just a roller coaster with Batman's name on it. I like to oh, see a really. You didn't good get to see that. There's a Scooby Doo ride that was really fun. I heard about it was a that. shooting gallery ride, and it, ha- it featured the original classic Scooby Doo. Where are you? There and you stuff. go. And so you had all the villains and everything, like the Sherbert Gro- Ghost and everything. Oh, all the the evil clown guy and all of that stuff. The weird guy, like the diving guy. The 
you know, that sounds fun. all of them. It was a shooting gallery with all of those through the swamp. Well, well, oh, it was a lot of fun. Nothing animatronic. Yeah. yeah. Lots of fun over in St. Louis. Um, I'd love to find some YouTube video. Maybe somebody has filmed their ride on it so I could show people. Because oh, that was the, that was the most fun. It took forever to wait in line for that because <laughs> it was the best ride in the park last time we were there. Um, okay. Oh, here's something interesting. Uh, Ant Man is moving along, but and Good. you know they got two new riders, uh, Gabriel Ferrari and Andrew Bear. Uh, there's a lot of shufflings kind of going on because it seems like okay, they they had just. Had oh I forgot had the guy's name White or Edgar yeah. Wright Edgar White I don't remember the name uh, he had written up some stuff was set to direct and then they had creative differences with him got rid of him brought in some other people to kind of start rewriting the script and maybe in a, a different director now apparently the writers have been swapped there's so much shuffling going on I'm starting to worry that this is going to come out bad. It might, but we'll see. We'll see. But, of course, sometimes a lot of shuffling around means you're making sure you got the right people. Yeah. Although I have heard some other podcasts saying that they they, they don't really like the work. These two guys have some previous work, small kind of things that were kind of, eh, I think one of these guys, somebody had said they, he'd worked on Bring It On, or am I thinking of that? No, no, I'm thinking of somebody who's working on the new Star Wars stuff, uh, did some Bring It On stuff maybe. I don't know. I, I You know, somebody fact-checked me for that. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of different stuff. But there's people who are more excited about having Edgar Wright on there than having these two. But you know what? I I will go see it. Oh yeah, I, I'm absolutely. sure they'll do a good job. Disney won't let it, this get released if it's crap. Paul Rudd. Well, then again, yeah, they have you know. released Maleficent, and that was crap. I know some people love that movie. I didn't. <laughs> I I feel free. It's my show. I can say I didn't like it. So I am not alone, and you are not alone, and you're loving it if you loved it. So it's it's fair. Anyway. Oh, here's something. Brandon Routh has been cast to play the Adam on Arrow. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that the other day that they said that that'll be great. He he was the one of for those who don't know, he played Superman mm-hmm. on Superman Returns. I personally did not dislike the movie. It wasn't great. The yeah. Superman Returns wasn't great. I didn't necessarily think he was the greatest cast uh, Superman. But I liked that it still had a Superman feeling about it. Yeah. You know, I didn't like all the stupid things they did with the Super Baby and all that, but that being said, uh, he's a good actor. He's been on a lot of things like Chuck. Yeah, he, oh, he was great on Chuck. Yeah, he was he scary, was, man. I don't know if you ever saw Scott Pilgrim, but he, yes. oh, he was hilarious in that. <laughs> Wasn't he like the vegan warrior yeah, guy? Yeah, he was great. He's a good, good actor. <laughs> yeah. And I think he'll be really good in that role. Yeah. He'll do. Yeah, and I, I don't know how far they're going to take it, though, with the if he's just going to be appearing as himself and not actually using any of his powers of shrinking himself or well, anything. I think they I don't should. Know. I mean, they should have the Adam. I mean, yeah. if you're going to have Ant-Man Get to jump on Ant-Man. Out, yeah, exactly. You know, have the Adam. Oh, really? Ant-Man? Your guy shrinks. Well, guess what? I'm the Adam. I go to the size of an Adam. Ha-ha! The Adam's a so. cool character. I, I love the stuff he can do, you know. I don't know a whole lot about him, but... Um, yeah, he's cool. All right. Oh, here's something. Okay, uh, I'd heard. Uh, I've heard a couple of different things, but Danger Mouse is coming back to Yay! TV, which yeah is exciting. But but apparently they're going to do some gender swapping on some characters. Oh, I don't know what they're doing. You know, this you can get away with it because I guess Battlestar Galactica was yeah, was very Starbuck. successful. Which, although that to me was weird because Starbuck was this womanizing kind of guy, and then you switched it in for a woman. It's like now you might have lost the essence of the character a little bit. So I don't know who was swapping. I didn't look at the, the article. I, I was just kind of breezing through some things. Um, we're almost done. <laughs> uh, after an open casting call, okay, Crystal Clark, which I guess she's done some other things. She's an American, some small bits. And a guy named Pip Anderson, who's like a parkour uh, expert of some sort. They've been a pa- added. A park what? Parkour. That's it's sometimes called free running. Oh, okay. Um, like if you like the the 
chase scene there in Casino Royale, the guy who was able to just hop over and climb walls oh, and all yeah, this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, that's that. parkour. And this guy apparently he's he's been in some sort of a, a commercial, kind of like a, a kind of a, a play on Spider-Man where he was doing his thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, but Pip Anderson, so now they're kind of very late on casting, so I don't expect them to have big parts. Uh -huh. But being his parkour abilities, I'm pretty sure that's how he's got this part, so I'm expecting some major action thing. He could be like a, a Sith, maybe, or something. Oh, and so he's showing gonna, up. He's going to be the Star Wars film? Yes, this is for Star Wars 7. Oh, Did cool. I mention that? No. Star Wars 7. Yes. I was trying to go through and tell you who these people were. Yeah. Uh, everything that I've managed to learn about them. I don't, there's not a whole lot to be known because they're kind of relatively unknowns. But Star Wars has always been more successful with some unknowns. Yeah. And maybe get one or two well-knowns. Yeah, well-knowns. Yeah, so uh, good idea. Seems like a good plan. Sure does. So, yeah, well, it's, still, it's nice to know that they are, they're still going and they're pretty much on schedule uh, despite Harrison's injury. Mm -hmm. But he apparently he's doing pretty well. I've seen some pictures where he's got this prosthetic thing. Kind of he's wearing... Kind of from his knee, so he can kind of hobble around. Yeah. Uh, so he's still getting around, and I don't know if they're managing to film anything with him. But I have heard uh, something about perhaps they're they're they've got some some special time set maybe with him later, perhaps yeah. to kind of get all of his stuff in. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be similar to now. Uh, you probably know this story better than I. But like, okay, if you watch Rocky two during the the boxing match at the end, Adrian is not there at the arena, and I've heard the reason why is for some reason she wasn't able to be there for the shoot, uh, so they they filmed her reactions at home, yeah, to be at home in, in order to kind of fit it in, so she's watching it on TV, and they well, found, yeah, they found a reason. It was, it was supposed to be. Uh, the reason was uh, she had trouble with the birth of their son in the movie, yeah, and that's why they did that was because she wasn't able to be there for the filming of it, so. Uh, they had to where she was still in film very well and had to stay home. The yeah. doctors told her to stay home and yeah. be with the son. The the cool thing is the 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 little baby boy that they used in that movie really was the son of Sylvester Stallone. He unfortunately died within the last year. Oh but, yeah, but yeah. that was his son at the time. Yeah, but so but so that's why character what they gave for the excuse. But when there's some reason why she and I can't life remember what it was. I can't, I, I can't recall. Uh, I. I do know that around that time she was involved with the filming of Godfather Two, and that may have had something to do. That with may that. have done it. Okay, I knew that. I've heard something about that, and I figured if you've seen special features. But yeah, so they can get around with Harrison, maybe come back to pick up uh, where he left off when he comes back, and hopefully nobody will hit him with the door this time. <laughs> so, all right, so that's our news for this week, and now we'll move on to whatever I've got next, because boy, I've got a lot of stuff for the show. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Moving right along, next I have for you a review of the new movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, in fact, though, I actually just saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes just previously this week, so I've watched two really good movies, actually, this week. But uh, here's the trailer. Am I gonna blame? We need to give him a chance. 
Welcome to Animals. Please. I've seen things. I've seen the way they are. They want what we want to survive. Caesar, home. This is your home. Your home. Are you aware they are going to turn on you? They don't want a war. No, don't shoot! Caesar, you have to go. War, it's not what you want. There must be another way. War has already begun. Okay, I have just returned home from the theater from seeing the new film Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I actually just this week saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and it is the first in the series that I actually have ever watched. Uh, now, these are, uh, I guess they're planning at least a trilogy here. Uh, these are prequel films, so uh, if you've never seen any of the previous Planet of the Apes films, you are going to be fine if you decide to watch these, and I do recommend you watch both of these. Uh, you're definitely going to need to watch Rise of the Planet of the Apes before you come into this one. Although you could almost step into this one uh, with the knowledge that they give you at the beginning of the film to kind of get you up to speed on what has occurred in the last 10 years of the story since the uh, events of the first film. But the, the events of the first film will definitely help you and get you familiar with some of the characters because uh, you spend a lot of time with the apes and they spend a lot of time signing to each other that with sign language and communicating and so we get subtitles a lot uh and there are a few new apes to uh, be introduced to uh caesar the kind of the main character really from the first film is still of course around still the main character he's taken a wife and has a son named blue eyes um so we and we get to spend a lot of time with them kind of learning how they have now been surviving over the last 10 years where uh, what has been known as the simian uh, i guess they called it a flu if i remember correctly a simian flu which decimated the humans except for some humans that had the the right genetic disposition to actually have survived it so there is uh, at least one pocket of humans that we spend time with uh, during the course of this or living around san francisco uh, the apes thought maybe all the humans were gone uh, there's a kind of a dialogue there with Caesar and everything, and uh, Caesar had figured, well, you know, we haven't seen any for about two years now, uh, or two winters, as they call it. They don't have the concept of years. They have their own way of keeping track of things. They've developed their own kind of civilization in this village, which is really kind of cool. Um, but basically, the story kind of begins when uh, they come across some humans who have come up onto their their uh, mountain or hill or I, I I think it's supposed to have been like a, a, a mountain. I think there are some mountains kind of through California, so I'm figuring that's what it would be. But some humans come up there, and so now you have some tensions of there's a lot of distrust between the apes and the humans. For one, humans are used to apes being, you know, just animals, and they, they can be aggressive, you know, and we know that apes are, you know, kind of stronger than us, and so they don't know how to react, uh, especially when they suddenly say, oh, my goodness, these apes have spears, and they're really thrown off when... 
an ape talks. Uh, now, th this is interesting how they, they've slowly shown the development of the apes. In the first film, there's only really one word mainly uttered by Caesar. Uh, he says no. Uh, in this film, of course, they've got a bit more language, but it takes them time to form each word, so they speak kind of slowly and one word at a time. Uh, but most of the time, they'll sign to each other, but occasionally uh, they will speak a word, and they kind of mix it together. So it's very interesting. It's like you're seeing the development of them trying to figure out English. Uh, we also at one point see Maurice, the orangutan, who is actually teaching uh, English letters to the, the young of the uh, their their tribe there. So it's very interesting watching the development of that. But now we have this tension. Uh, so let me introduce a few humans to you. Uh, Jason Clark plays Malcolm, who's kind of our lead human. Uh, Gary Oldman plays Dreyfus, who is uh, kind of an important human. He doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, but he is a very important. He's kind of, uh, if this is a town, he's kind of the governor or the mayor of this town of, of, of refugees kind of around San Francisco. There's quite a few of them. Uh, his main objective is, is really just to protect the humans they want to of course survive as caesar of course was just trying to protect his family as he calls them of apes but the, the problem kind of comes from the fact that the humans are running out of fuel for their power sources uh for their lights and electricity and and uh there is a hydroelectric plant and a dam over around near the mountain there and so the reason why the humans were there of course is because they would like to go and repair that dam and hook up to it and bring power back into uh, the city of san francisco uh, so basically the questions are of course can the humans and the apes learn to get along or learn to trust each other uh, when there's a lot of deep-seated hate with you know koba who from was in the first film Koba has a hatred of humans, and they do develop a little bit more than what the first film did of showing how he's got his hatred. He spent a lot of time as a lab chimp, um, caged up, and was you know kind of abused. So he's got a huge, not just distrust, uh, but a, a hatred. And so this film really explores what, what uh, hatred and fear can do to get in the way of potentially being able to cooperate and form friendships and uh, have a peace. I really don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to get into too many details. But uh, let me just say, this will keep you glued. Uh, I think my job was kind of clinched the whole time because there's a lot of dramatic things kind of happen, and it all does boil down, of course, to a, to a battle between the apes and the humans. I will not say what triggers that. Uh, it is it is basically Koba making his move. You kind of know it's coming. You know, Koba eventually is going to uh, to start things. Um, and it does kind of propel things to where it looks like there's going to be potentially a third film. Because although Caesar and Malcolm have have developed a friendship uh, you know, between a human and an ape, and it seems like they have that one chance, it doesn't seem like that's going to quite work with everybody else uh, with this battle that's going. So it looks like there's going to be a potentially a third film, which I would, of course, very eagerly see at this point, because we do know at least from... Uh, the other films that I have not watched, but I'm going to watch the first one. You know, the, it seems the apes will eventually establish a dominance of the earth, and humans will kind of be enslaved in some fashion. And so, uh, apparently, that's still coming. I thought maybe we were actually setting that up in this film because it does uh, get interesting. But I don't want to say too much more. Like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, but I do recommend go out and see this movie. And if you didn't see Rise, go see it. Go rent it. Uh, it was on on FX this week, and I DVR'd it so I get a chance to watch it. 
Uh, but yeah, definitely watch that one first. Uh, I mean, this these are well written. Uh, the they're really getting so much more advanced with what they can do with computers and uh, and motion capture. Uh, Andy Serkis, uh, known very well for being Gollum, uh, is Caesar. And there are sometimes Caesar kind of makes face that does remind me of some of the expressions that uh, Gollum would have. But the facial expressions they're able to capture and put on these apes really kind of you know make you care about them as characters. And kind of go through what's uh, go you know you kind of know what's going through their mind and everything, and uh, it's a very very well told story, very good story, well directed, well acted, very well done. Uh, just just go. Just this is going to be a big summer movie. This is probably going to be the the big hit of this weekend. Uh, by the time you've heard this, you probably will have heard that it was the big hit, and uh, for very very good reason.
Okay, something new at Worlds of Fun today. Actually, a group called Grease Monkeys. Uh, what you just heard, they were playing on uh, a large barrel, buckets, hubcaps, and a muffler. Each th- three guys. Uh, so hopefully that picked up well and you enjoyed that. Okay, listeners, we're about to get on to the new ride here at Worlds of Fun called Skyhawk. It took them forever to open this thing. They actually just opened it right in time for Independence Day celebrations. Uh, I've been given the uh, number of 32 for where I'm going to be seating myself. Now, they do have places to push, place your items. This thing's going to look me, oh, I don't know how many stories into the air while spinning. Uh, I will try to get some audio of the ride before I give my review, but uh, if you don't hear any more audio, I'll just explain that the, it seems they're playing film music on the ride that's associated with flying. I've heard them play Superman, I've heard them play music from the E.T., uh, so it seems that that's kind of the gimmick that they're going to send you into half orbit, because <laughs> it's pretty tall. But uh, I will uh, talk to you again either during the ride or after the ride. Welcome to Steelhawk. Please carefully take your seat as the swings may move while entering. If you are carrying any loose articles or have loose fitting shoes, I'm take off my shoes just because they're loose. 30, 31, 32. Alright, I'm going to keep this thing in a death grip. I'm trying to ride this. I took my shoes off to make sure I didn't lose my shoes. If this goes right, I will not drop the recorder in the middle of this ride. Okay, I think uh, I'm going to put this thing away. Uh, (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to drop it from 301 feet in the air. Okay, I'm going to play the afterword of riding this ride uh, real quick, but uh, a quick note. I accidentally, while I was there, called it Skyhawk. The actual name of the ride is Steelhawk. Okay, so now I've just gotten off the ride, and I must say it's both exhilarating and kind of frightening at the same time to go up 300 feet in the air and then spin around. Uh, you didn't get to hear the audio of me on the ride because I decided I wanted to put a death grip on that safety hand because I have a problem with heights. Uh, but as we went up, it actually switched over playing music from Harry Potter, which makes sense because of Bloom flying. But uh, 
this is here located World of Fun here in Kansas City. So if you live anywhere near me or if you're planning to travel this way over the summer, I definitely recommend this thing. Uh, if you're kind of terrified of heights, lean back nicely in your seat. I think you'll be okay. I was expecting maybe a shoulder harness. Uh, it only has a, a pretty good strong lap bar that comes down and seat bolts in, but it held me pretty tight. Uh, and it kind of goes straight up before it starts spinning. And you do get a wonderful view of the entire park and even some of the surrounding area as you go up. But I definitely recommend this ride, Neverlanders, so come and check it out. Alright, I'm about to walk late into a show here. Uh, it's called The British Invasion, so I have expectations of what they're going to be singing. i got to hustle to get into the theater here. This started actually about three minutes ago. So...
Well, that should about wrap it up for us this week. We'll run a little bit long this week, but uh, hopefully you did enjoy that show. Myself, I really preferred it when they were playing some of the old classic uh, British invasion-type songs like the Beatles and things like that. Uh, seems that in the more modern stuff, you got stuff like One Direction, and I'm just not a fan of that. So if you are, then I hope you enjoyed that. If you're not a fan of One Direction, you probably at the end were like, oh, well, I guess this counts. But anyways, uh, I would like to go ahead and say now that Neverland Podcast is a production of Glue Band Productions, and of course, all the audio that I record originally is, of course, copyright to Glue Band Productions, and anything that is not licensed to me is uh, copyright of those particular artists. And uh, God bless. Remember also to take your pixie with you in your pocket, so anytime you need to, you can pull her out, sprinkle some pixie dust around, and uh, spread a little bit of a good attitude around and a positive attitude, so you can all kind of fly off to Neverland whenever you need to, and uh, to, it'll help you deal with the uh, the issues of daily life. But until we see you next week, which uh, Jesse should hopefully be here next week to tell us all about TikiCon that's going on this weekend right now. And uh, coming up very fast is the Friends of the Magic Meet in Disneyland, which is going on like uh, August 8th through the 10th, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, Jesse will be there attending it in the name of the Neverland podcast. He will be at the Columbia, uh, which is a ship and a ride. And uh, he's going to tell you some information about the ship and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure what all he's gathered together yet, but you can find his website uh, on ours. Uh, it's Quest for Vault Disney, uh, and I believe it's a dot .wordpress.com. Um, I'm not familiar with how WordPress extra sites go, but uh, to make it easy for you, we've got a link for you on NeverlandPodcast.com. There's a picture of a big kind of vault right there, and you can go and read all of his blog articles. He's a very good researcher, and so I know you're going to love meeting with him at the uh, the meet at the Columbia, and uh, he is going to have a prize available and he's going to come up with some questions uh, I don't know if I'm going to be helping him with questions or or not we're still working at all the details and I don't know exactly what time the meet will be but uh, if you follow up with uh, Paul Barry at window to the magic uh, he will be announcing that type of thing very soon I'm sure but until next week it's been fun having you and please come back next week and bring friends <laughs> bring your enemies you know we love everybody here at Neverland <laughs> bye now If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 